Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I get you ready for not the road to WrestleMania, but how about the road to NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver because we got some amazing matches that are going to take place WrestleMania week. Walter and Champa, and of course Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly will get you ready for those two matches coming off the heels of NXT from last night. Also, AEW last night, and did things seem a little forced with Britt Baker? Also this week on Friday, the 19th anniversary of Ring of Honor, and we celebrate talking to EC3 right now on the Busted Open Podcast. With regard to the promo or the segment that NXT went off the air with last night, if I'm sitting on my couch at home watching wrestling and I shift to sit on the edge of my couch, it's for two reasons. One, I was sitting on a ball and it hurt. (laughs) Or two... (laughs) You've intrigued me. (laughs) Last night, I was sitting in my couch, and I shifted to the front. I sat up, sat on the edge of my seat, because Adam Cole intrigued me. I'll be damned if I didn't believe every word that Cole said. And the inflection and tone matched the words. Everything came together. I thought Adam Cole was just legit talking to Kyle O'Reilly. There was no promo last night. Don't get me wrong. O'Reilly did a good job. But Cole blew that segment out of the water. I totally agree, Bully. Like, listening to Kyle O'Reilly, it's like, all right, yeah, man. You know, this is good. Kyle O'Reilly's gotten really good on the microphone. And then Adam Cole speaks, and... It's on another level. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. And I probably more than any other match that we're going to see WrestleMania week, I am more intrigued in that matchup. And and listen, there's a lot when it comes to NXT TakeOver. Again, listen, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks is going to be awesome off the charts. People are starting to hashtag about, you know, that Bianca and Sasha main event for WrestleMania. I get it. But the story that they have told me on 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 WWE programming doesn't match what we're going to see at WrestleMania 37. The story that they've told me which has been zero when it comes to Rhea Ripley and Asuka is does not match what we're going to see at WrestleMania 37. The the tag match with New Day defending those tag titles against Omos and AJ Styles. The story that they told me doesn't match up what we're going to see at WrestleMania 37. NXT has done a phenomenal job matching the story to what we're going to see at TakeOver WrestleMania week. Once again, I watched NXT last night, and I was thoroughly entertained. All aspects of the show. Everything makes sense. They connect their dots. Good storytelling. I believe in the characters. Dear God, I cannot wait for Walter versus Ciampa. I mean, I mean, geez. And, and listen, last night I only tweeted once. Normally I send out some tweets about the bullshit. If, re- if something really strikes me, I'll send out a tweet about it. You know what really struck me last night? The fact that after watching NXT... I'm thoroughly convinced that Ciampa versus Walter or O'Reilly versus Cole has the potential to steal the show at WrestleMania weekend. Not just steal the show at at, uh, Stand and Deliver. I mean, steal WrestleMania weekend, period. Yeah. I mean, those two matches are going to be phenomenal. And 
just getting into Walter and Ciampa a little bit. What they did last night was so simplistic, but it was so real. Uh, Let's take you back to when um, Imperium were holding Ciampa down. They got Ciampa on his knees. Each Imperium guy is holding his arms. And Walter's saying some stuff to him, and they rip off the necklace around his neck. Normally, what do you see from the wrestler? He just looks angry. Ciampa threw a fit, went into tantrum mode, sprung up to his feet, tried to kick Walter, tried to do something with any available limb he had at his disposal to try to get to Walter. He couldn't do it. And then they dragged him back down. That is a legitimate response as if somebody had you on your knees, Dave, and maybe ripped, ripped off your crucifix or ripped off something uh, uh, that your wife had gave you. You might not be a fighter, but I'll be damned if you don't try to spring up and do everything that you possibly can to get to that person that disrespected you. I, I, I love that. And then I love the Walters response to that as well, because it's something that we see a million times in a match when Walter chopped Champa and just laid him out. Like, like, I mean, right. I mean, just, just laid him out. Remember Dave, I always say everything should mean something yep. and how chops are as prostituted as anything else in the wrestling business. Walter ain't prostituting his chop. When Walter hits you with a chop, it's going to mean something. You're going to sell Walter's chop. And here's another little thing I loved. Chops him, goes down, and then he stands over him, and Ciampa tries to fight back the way any normal man would do if he wasn't completely knocked out. So what does Walter do then? Puts his knee on the back of his head. Keeps him down. Imposes his will and forces Ciampa to stay down. Those are the little things that mean so much. That's what reels you in and goes, makes you believe, oh, this is legit. You forget that you're watching a show. And when I can watch a physical segment like that and forget I'm watching a show, or I could listen to a segment like O'Reilly and and Cole and make me forget that I'm listening. So that's what pro wrestling is in its most beautiful form, the suspension of disbelief. And uh, and what Walter was able to do to Drake Maverick, it's just like... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... You know, that's not worth... It's poor spuddy buddy. <laughs> but, you know, they're not worried about, well, we got to make sure Drake Maverick gets a little bit of offense in, you know. We, no, no. You don't worry about that shit. What was that, 30 seconds that match between Walter and Drake? That's how you, you, you pose somebody as an unbeatable monster. The way they portrayed Walter on that show last night. Now I'm going into that. I'm going into that match like on on uh, WrestleMania week. I'm bull- how the hell is Champa going to beat this guy? Walter is an unstoppable force. I mean, Champa is one hell of a white meat baby face fighter. He really is. Punch, kick, gouge your eye out. Do whatever I have to do. You're not going to disrespect me. But he is going. You know. Uh, you know the old saying: the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Where I well, I say the bigger they are, the harder they hit. And Walter's big, and he hits hard, and he's going to make Ciampa pay. And I've been preaching this for months now. They don't have anybody for Ciampa. They don't have anybody for Ciampa. Guess what? Now they got somebody for Ciampa. And not only did they get somebody for for Ciampa, Bully, they did it in a way where it's, like you said, the match you're probably most looking forward to, WrestleMania week. It doesn't take that much. Like that's why it's so frustrating when it comes to Rhea Ripley and Asuka. There's you you explained it perfectly on Tuesday. There was a hundred different ways you could get to that match other than just Rhea Ripley picking up a microphone and say, you know what, Asuka, I challenge you to WrestleMania match. That's just lazy. Make I it loved into your, a story. I loved your tweet. I loved your tweet yesterday. What'd what you say? That? I want a match at WrestleMania. Give it to me. I just asked for yeah. it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 
I want to. I want to match. Every, I'll show up. I'll bring. I'll bring Jimmy Corderas with me, and I'll challenge. Uh, you know, the twenty four seven champion. Why not? You could just. All you have to do is just show up and ask for it. And the crazy thing is, on this show, we came up with tiny little suggestions and ideas that would have taken the asinine booking and made sense of it, and probably given them one extra week of TV. Yes. Must watch TV, by the way, which right now, if you look at the ratings for Monday Night Raw, I mean, the the the, the ratings are down after a pay-per-view on the road to WrestleMania. But you got it. But this is where I'm talking about lazy booking bully. Yes, we're going to get to WrestleMania. And yes, you know what? When we're watching Asuka and Rhea Ripley in the ring, we're not going to be talking about the story that brought us there. We got there. But you got to make the programming good leading up. Don't you want people to tune into the show? Um, I believe that much like the Super Bowl, WrestleMania um, or the WWE can be a bit arrogant at times when it comes to WrestleMania. They just say, it's WrestleMania. People are going to watch. And to an extent that they're right, because we love wrestling and we love yeah. WrestleMania and we're programmed to watch. But I'll be damned. If you're going to give me something thrown together, how about giving me like an opening match that's thrown together or something else? Not championship matches. Not a tag team championship match and not a women's championship match. Because on one end, we have a women's championship match where the challenger earned every last bit of it. Yep. And on the other end, we have a challenger who earned nothing. Makes no sense. And then even with Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, they told us a story that to me was completely useless and terrible. Putting them in together as a tag team and having that team go after the tag team championships? How does that make any kind of logical sense on the road to WrestleMania? Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. You liked it, huh? I did. Because I will say this. I'm a little disappointed. I'll be, I, I would admit to you, after what we saw last week and Bully, you you definitely added fuel to the fire when it came to this speculation. Man, after the performance that she had on Dynamite in that match with Thunder Rosa and all the all the roses and flowers that have been thrown her way over the course of the last week, I thought maybe we might get a changed Britt Baker last night because we talked about, hell, she could be the face of your show with a performance like that, especially somebody her age. Very, very long and bright future ahead of her. That did not happen because she kind of called out AEW for signing these uh, veterans to the roster and then called out Mick Foley. Not the best way to get uh, a, a lot of hugs and kisses from the pro wrestling fan. The promo was good. I just did not feel like the follow-up was significant enough. It was just a promo. They had an opportunity to really capitalize on that match from the week before. And Britt was right. Yeah, Thunder Rosa, you went over, but everybody's talking about me. There could have been something more. Like, people were, were so excited after last week. I think they were ready to sink their teeth into something else other than a... What I felt was a forced Britt Baker heel promo. They were sp- they were, they, the, the cameras were spanning the audience. You see people booing and thumbs down and this like this. I'm like, eh, sorry. I'm not buying into that too much because of her performance from the week ago, because of everything that I saw on social media. People were loving Britt Baker entirely too much 
for them to come out this Wednesday, uh, you know, to come out last night, which is the first night they're seeing her since last Wednesday, and all of a sudden start booing her vehemently. Go ahead. No, I am going to say something because I wasn't able to watch it on Tuesday, but I watched it yesterday, and that's NWA Power that's on fight. I thought NWA actually did a better job of following up on that match than AEW did. Now, for those people who might not have been able to see Power on Tuesday night, explain what you mean about how they followed it up. Well, they followed it up with Thunder Rosa. And Thunder Rosa, you know, you probably might have forgotten about it because maybe in the in the realm of what actually took place last week, it's not as significant as you would think. But Thunder Rosa did win that match. And what you got from Thunder Rosa, who is... Signed with NWA. First of all, they talked about the match and how significant and historical that match was. But also you got a very, very emotional Thunder Rosa on the microphone on NWA Power on Tuesday. And that's where you get that human connection. Because when you see somebody emotional and what it toll, the toll it took, not only emotionally but physically on Thunder Rosa, how do we know it took a toll physically? Because when she was in a match... Last weekend, she lost because she was still selling the effects of what took place in that match from Wednesday night. You think about it. How could she beat somebody like Camille after being in a match that was as physical as that match that happened on Wednesday? Kind of makes sense, right? And I thought the commentator... Seems like they connected the dots, didn't they? Yes, they definitely did. And you know what? The commentator said that too. Not making an excuse for Thunder Rosa, but at the beginning of the match with Camille on uh, on Sunday, they said, man, it, how could she be even coming to the ring after the physical abuse she took on Wednesday night? And then they followed it up on Tuesday on NWA Power saying, Thunder Rosa, you were in a, a very, very difficult position to even be in that match for the number one contendership after what you the toll it took on your body on Wednesday. And Thunder Rosa didn't make any excuses like a good baby face does. Didn't make any excuses about losing that match to Camille. Said she'll be back. That She sold the title, the NWA women's title in the process. But she also got that emotion that is going to make that human connection with the fans. So, again, I thought NWA did a really good job following up on a match that wasn't even on their show. Because I, I agree with you. AEW, much bigger platform uh, than what we can get from the NWA. But... You know what? That might have, especially if Thunder Rosa is not coming back anytime soon. And honestly, I don't think she is coming back to AEW anytime soon. NWA Power is back. So I don't know how she fits in to AEW. I could be wrong. I just don't see right now if if it, and if, and, and would you want to? Because anybody that gets, steps into the ring with Britt Baker is going to be over. Are you going to do that for Thunder Rosa when she's not even signed to your company and NWA Power is back? Probably not. Um, Britt coming out. Excuse me. No entrance music. Just talking to Shivani. Blatant heel promo. Yep. Just felt, like I said, it felt very forced. It felt like the company was adamant about Brit still being perceived as a heel, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to cut uh, a heel promo, we're going to shit on Mick Foley, and we're going to do everything to force Brit back down people's throats as a heel. I would have loved to have seen what would have happened if she would have went out there and just listened to the crowd and see what they would have wanted. I would have loved at the end, of, even if you did go in the direction of a of a of a definitive heel promo. I would have liked somebody to come out at the end. Even if somebody just comes out at the end and looks at her and shakes their head like, you know what, girl, all these people, you could have had somebody say, despite the fact that all these people might not have loved you so much after your performance last week, that they, they, they do love you. They appreciate you. They appreciate all the blood that you spilled for AEW. And you come out here this week and you run them down and you crap all over everything. You crap all over the company. You crap all over Mick Foley. You crap all over the fans. You're wrong. And somebody in this company, some woman in this company needs to stand up and put you in your place. Boom. 
instantly now you've given somebody the rub because they were in there with Britt Baker. They put big, kind of put Britt Baker in their place and they walk away. You've created something. And even if you're not going to move forward with Britt Baker and that, that one person here, uh, pick a name. I don't know. Any name. Uh, well, but, but Bully, that's the problem. Who is that person? After what you, but but you know what? Like if if Thunder Rosa was with AEW, well then it's Thunder Rosa, and that makes sense. And Thunder Rosa is over, and the crowd's gonna love her. I don't know who on that roster in the women's division is more over, even close to being as over as Britt Baker is right now. So if you could have threw out anybody, you know, fill in the blank, put them on stage with, with Britt Baker. I'm sorry. I'm not buying in. I, I, I cannot. It's impossible. It's Im- bully. It's impossible. After that match that took place last week, all the footage that we saw of Britt Baker after that match took place. How am I supposed to hate Britt Baker? And you mentioned about the crowd booing. Well, what crowd was booing last night? The actual fans that paid to be in attendance that were up in the rafters at Daly's place, they were cheering Britt Baker. It was the wrestlers that were around ringside that were booing Britt Baker. The fans want to love Britt Baker. They want to cheer Britt Baker. I think last night would have been the time to make that change. And if they didn't, listen, they consciously went out there and said, Britt, we need you to continue to be a heel. Okay. And if you're going to do that, somebody needs to benefit from it. You're asking me who, who, who? It could have been and it could have been Tay Conti. Even though Serena Deeb is hurt, it could have been Serena Deeb. So all one of those women had to come out there and do and say, you know what, Britt? You're a real piece of you-know-what for coming out here and crapping all over everybody. Have a little bit of respect. All they had to do is put her in a place just a little bit, and instantly you've planted a seed for somebody. Somebody's put her in their place, and now they raise the ire of Britt Baker. Last night, especially the no entrance music, just standing there, blah, blah, blah. It just, yeah, we've made a decision for this woman to be a heel, despite the fact that everybody wanted to love her for her performance. This is where I believe you don't fight City Hall. You, you, You really don't. But they made their decision. I don't believe that that they caught the lightning in a bottle with their follow-up. And what do I always say it's about, Dave? It's about the follow-up. And you know what this reminded me of, Bully? This reminded me of Becky Lynch from a few years ago. Because it was the same thing. After that punch to the face that Becky took from Nia Jax on Monday Night Raw, everybody was talking about Becky. And if, if people kind of forget over the course of time. But it took months for the WWE to jump on board. Now, there was live crowds in attendance, so, you know, you started getting the crowds to hijack Monday Night Raw and SmackDown because they were behind Becky Lynch. And it it really hurt Charlotte, Bully, in a way. I don't think Charlotte's been able to recover. That's when you started to get the Charlotte hate because right after that incident, Everybody wanted to cheer Becky, but the WWE was convinced that Becky was the heel and Charlotte was the baby face and everybody wanted to cheer Becky and it severely hurt Charlotte to the point now that still she's feeling the effects of WWE making that decision. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Not a question of doing anything differently last night on Dynamite. It would have been a question of doing things differently in the lead-up to Dynamite last night. After the match last week between Britt and Thunder Rosa, AEW released some YouTube footage of the aftermath of the match, specifically Britt Baker 
walking away from the ring, Tony Khan following her, Tony Khan praising her, then her in the back looking, uh, walking through the locker room with the locker room giving her a standing ovation. Then we see her in the back looking for Reba. Then we see her on the table having thumbtacks picked out of her back. Tony Khan is putting her over and Britt Baker is soaking in the praise. Britt Baker is walking through the locker room. Her her fellow workers and wrestlers are cheering for her. She's soaking in the praise. She's laying on the doctor's table having thumbtacks picked out of her back. And she's kind of talking about, oh, I hope certain journalists like my match. And she's soaking in the praise. Mm -hmm. You want me to buy that Britt Baker is a heel? You want me to buy into the fact that she really doesn't care what anybody thinks? When Tony Khan was praising her and following her like a little puppy dog into the back, into the locker room area, going, oh, my God, Britt, that was so good. Thank you so much, Britt. Really, that was one of the greatest matches of all time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Britt should have turned around and looked at Tony Khan and said, you know what, Tony? You're my boss. You pay me. I appreciate it but I don't need your praise. What I need you to do is put me on the poster right underneath those three letters that say AEW because I just proved to you I'm the face of this place. So take your praise, Tony, save it, maybe throw an extra zero on my bonus check, but zip it and walk away. And then when the whole locker room was cheering for her, she should have healed the whole locker room saying, I didn't need your praise then. I don't need your praise now. Save your applause because you're all fake fucking pro wrestlers anyway. And then she should have got on the gurney and healed the doctor. Now, when she comes out last night and starts a deliberate heel promo, now I get it. Now, when she mentions Mick Foley and says, Mick Foley, it took you 20 years. It only took me one night. Now I get it because the lead up has been nothing but her sticking to her guns. I don't need you people. I've known this forever. And and bully that works. I love it. And especially like, you know, she's been complaining about the action figure. Like as soon as to, uh, Tony Khan praiser turn around and say, all right, now where's my fucking action figure? But still, even even her saying that, I would probably be looking at that video saying, yeah, Brent, because you are now the face of AEW. And yeah, where is your fucking action figure? Because now I want to buy it. It could have been deliberately disrespectful towards Tony. If you wanted me to buy into last night, you shouldn't have given me that happy YouTube piece. Yes, and that was put out by them. So it's not like Correct. this was like, yeah, this was put out by AEW. And I was convinced, Bully, because you and I spoke about it. Because, you know, you talked about, she she mentions, I you know, I hope Dave liked it. And she wasn't talking about Dave LaGreca when she was talking about, I hope Dave liked it. Which, to me, is like, all right, I, I do care about people's opinion of me. I respect people's opinion of me. And I, I said to you, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the writer of a screenplay for a play. You know, right away they run to the New York Times and want to find out what the New York Times thought of that play. That's kind of how I felt about Britt Baker after that match on Wednesday. That she wanted she wanted to take in the applause a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. And AEW found nothing wrong with putting that footage out on YouTube. If you do that. You can't have the same Britt Baker come out like she did last night. Okay. So people running to the the New York Times, looking for feedback, looking for praise, looking for whatever. Let's take Britt Baker out of this equation and plug in MJF. Would this have ever happened? MJF would not give two fucks what anybody thought about his match at any point at any time. Now, in his heart of hearts as a performer, of course he's going to care. But would he ever let his character care? Would anybody ever hear MJF say, oh, gee, I I hope Meltzer gives that five stars? Never. Would you ever hear that? And if MJF did, let's just say there was a camera in the back and they, and, and bully, you happened to be at that pay-per-view or, you know, a taping of dynamite and MJF came up to you cause he respects you. It wouldn't happen to me cause he doesn't respect me, but he came up to you and be like, 
Billy, man, what did you think of my performance? I hope you liked it because, you know, I, do you think AEW would take that footage and put it out on YouTube? Fuck no. No way. You're supposed to hate that guy. He's the biggest deal in your company. There's no way that any that, that footage would see the light of day. Hold on, Dave. Yes, Ed. What? No, uh, do you want to oh, say something? To... Uh, we no. see you. We see oh, okay. you over there. I'm making... working here. What are you th- <laughs> Why are you waving at us? Why are you waving at us? Normally, normally when you want to talk, which is generally every seven minutes, you wave your hands, you put your finger up, you take out the baton, just like you're trying to land the plane, like a, a jumbo jet. No, that's the baton, my pen. That's oh, okay. the universal signal for me wanting right. to interject into the conversation. Right. I'm oh, trying. Okay. I'm producing a show here. <laughs> Don't okay. get Ariel hot, brother. Don't Ariel get hot. Do Don't get hot. Relax. Remember the steps. All right, Dave. So would Ar- Ariel would never do that, by the way. Oh, Stop being thirsty for the new girl. <laughs> oh. What is wrong with you, Ed? Evil thirsty. Ed Robinson once again. <laughs> but you know but, what? Bri- bri- you get my, you but, get but, my am I wrong? Is- yeah, no. No. You're right. You're I mean, and you know, right. like the whole, the whole thing, uh, the whole thing laying on the gurney, having the tax taken out of the back and... If you were going to bring up that Meltzer star rating thing, like I would have much preferred to see somebody else be like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I wonder if Meltzer will give you five stars. And Britt could turn around and said, you know, screw his stars. Tell Tony Khan to give me an extra zero on my paycheck. Ah, yeah. Now you got something. Chasing stars. Screw that. Chase the zeros. The zeros are what pays the fucking mortgage. I love it. And and you know what? Again, it was very, very, if I, if that, I'm telling you right now, Bully, if this pandemic was over and we had 20,000 fans at AEW Dynamite and Britt Baker walked out, she would get a stand, I guarantee a standing ovation that, because this is the first time she's making an appearance after, I guarantee you every fan in attendance for Dynamite would have got on their feet and cheered for Britt Baker. You know how difficult that is to do? You would have had that last night if that was in a full arena. You see, Dave, when I, when they, when they panned, when Britt first came out, I do think they shot some of the crowd. I think the first and second shot was of the crowd, and then the next couple of shots was of the boys. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a couple of people at ringside encouraging fans to boo. I despise that. Despise that. Because now you're fighting real emotion. Yeah. And wrestling will always be about real emotion. You pray, bully. You pray for moments like that. And that if, doesn't if, fall into your lap that often. And if, if, if a talent goes out there and you need this talent to be a heel, but everybody in the place wants to cheer this talent as a booker, as a promoter who won this wonderful award this year, you have to keep your ears open for that stuff because that's your audience. That's your fan base. Most importantly, that's your customer telling you what they want. And now you listen and now you take your pencil, which has an eraser on the other side, and you erase whatever you had for Britt Baker. You flip it over and now write a new piece of material for Britt, giving the people what they want. But what do I know? I never won Booker of the Year. <laughs> Bully, you learn from mistakes, right? You're, that's, I mean, AEW is the alternative. How, how frustrated were fans when Daniel Bryan was not going to be going after that championship main event at WrestleMania 30, what did the fans do? They rejected Batista, you know, somebody who's, you know, was going to be going to the Hall of Fame, but eventually will go into the Hall of Fame. And then look what happened with um, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. I mean, again, this was that opportunity. It doesn't happen every day. This is one of those things that happen maybe, what, once every five to ten years. It fell into your lap, and I thought you made the wrong decision, and as Bully said, I thought it was force-fed. 
Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Murray. You may know me as host of the Sirius XM Blitz on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Here now to introduce you to my new podcast, Going Long. Every week, I'll talk to big names both in and out of the world of sports, Hall of Famers, actors, actresses, comedians, broadcasters, maybe even some chefs. We'll discuss their lives, their successes, their failures, and of course, the one thing that connects all of them, a passion for sports. So join me every Thursday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast for Going Long. Back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Bully Ray. Tomorrow night, available on pay-per-view and Fight TV, it's Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary pay-per-view and one of the marquee matchups. Again, lifer since day one, Jay Briscoe against somebody who has a new home with Ring of Honor, and that's our guest right now, and it's the one and only EC3. Sir, how are you this morning? I am excellent. I'm anticipating a very stringent and devastating battle tomorrow, Ring of Honor 19. So I figured no other place to be than right here with the boys on Busted Open, getting me hyped. We're on the break side. We're talking about pump up music. We're talking Rocky Four soundtrack. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling great going into tomorrow. EC3, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen hey. Top Gun? Of course. I'm a human male that's was raised in the 80s. Yes, of course I've seen Top Gun. I live my life by Top Gun. Uh, did you hear him, LaGreca? He's a human male. I understand that. I understand EC3, do you, oh, can yeah. you believe that Dave LaGreca has never seen Top Gun? Never. I Rarely am I speechless, and here I am with nothing to say to that. Now, I mean, <laughs> listen, I have it. Now, Bully just saw Porky's for the first time. Why? The Porky's is like an institution. It's a classic. It's up there with, you know, Police Academy as one of the greatest movies of all time, Bully. And you oh, get I, on I, me about gonna... Top Gun. Well, you know what? We What we have here is a little thing that uh, we can all do. We can all control our narrative and we can all go see these classics that we need to see and we can revisit them as a collective, as a group, and have a discussion about it. So I think everything happens for a reason, and Mm -hmm. you never saw Top Gun for a reason. And that reason is because you need to see it as an elder statesman uh, in your current life situation, because maybe you can get something out of it. And if you do not cry when blank blanks, then you have no soul. (laughs) When blank blanks. Bully knows what I mean. See, this is why EC3 is in a market. You, you want me to matchup. fill in the blank for you, Dave? No, I don't want you to fill in the blank for you me. You want me to ruin it for you? No, I don't want you to ruin it because I'm going to watch it this weekend. Right, I'm going to watch right, it. And I'm going right. to report to you on Monday about it. But this all is right. why you got to love EC3. And this is why he's in the position that he's in Friday night on the 19th anniversary show, Bully. And this isn't, all, this isn't a joke. This is in all seriousness. Is that positivity that he just brought to that conversation. Every incident happens for a reason because it brings you to where you are right now and ec3 i gotta think you're happy right now in your current situation with ring of honor uh happiness is a far cry from anything i know of at this moment but i am finding purpose which hopefully could lead to happiness actually happiness is a question i don't know if you've seen my kind of toying with matt cardona every now and then on the internet and kind of showing up and ruining some of his stuff but i ask him constantly question are you happy and he retorts that am i happy i don't know if i'm happy but i found purpose and ring of honor is one of those purposes uh ec3 before you came on me and dave were talking about the briscoes um i got to team with the briscoes at ring of honor also had to fight the briscoes in ring of honor uh exactly uh i've been around the world and back i've been in the ring with the biggest and the baddest and the roughest and the toughest but there's something about mark and jay that is completely different when it comes to their level of physicality um can you describe what it's like to be in the ring with those guys and have you felt it before mark and i have only teamed briefly Jay, to break him down, to make him become the man I need him to be at Ring of Honor 19 to prove to me if honor is real, I had to get into his head mentally, and I had to assault him physically. So though our interactions physically have been brief, uh, I felt something different. I felt something powerful, and I felt why he is exactly the perfect person I need to challenge to see if honor is real at Ring of Honor 19. And, Bull, you mentioned your history with them how good are they the 
I don't think those two get the recognition and the credentials or the credit that perhaps the toxic group fake internet people uh, dish out to willy nilly. Like the Briscoes are amazing. And Jay, Jay's a legacy in Ring of Honor and he's the foundation. And if I'm going to tear that foundation down, I'm going to have to start with him. Uh, I personally think that they're an excellent team. Um, this has nothing to do with Ring of Honor, but I never like to see one talent or talents stay in a place for so long that there's really nothing left for them to do. And I say this respectfully of Ring of Honor and the Briscoes. I don't know what there is left to do. I'm happy to see that you're having a match with uh, with Jay. But I'd love to see them against some of the other great teams out there around the world because I do believe in them. I do think they're a, a quality team. And it would be... <clears throat> I think it would be great for fans all over the place. Or if if they're not going to leave Ring of Honor, which they probably have no reason to, I'd love to see Ring of Honor reach out to some of these other teams and make a play for them like they made a play for you and bring them yeah. in so the Briscoes had more teams to work with. I do know that uh, Jay specifically in our excellent hype video, I don't know if you saw it, put together by Zane Decker of Ring of Honor, so kudos to him. That pumped me up even more than Rocky IV soundtrack would. But He's been happy. He is content in Ring of Honor. He run. It's kind of another reason I chose him is I envy that. I envy he's actually happy. Though I found purpose, have I found happiness? Probably not. He's happy. He fights, and he fights hard, and then he runs his business, and he raises his family, and he's content, and that's enough for him. So I'm always seeking something greater. I've seeked the wrong things throughout this my life in this industry, he's always been happy doing what he does. And, you know, there is envy to that. Well, you talk about somebody like Jay Briscoe, two-time ROH world champion, multi-time, 11-time uh, tag team champion. So he's had the accolades. He's had the titles. He's had that appreciation from Ring of Honor. And you talk about his physicality. EC3, and the last time we talked to you, we actually spoke to you while you were working out. Like, you were just mm -hmm. a beast, like 24-7, you know, working yeah. out. I Looking at you right now like we are, I mean, I would have to say that you're probably in the best physical condition that you've ever been in your career. Yeah, I'm conditioned like a puma, man. I am insane. <laughs> you like that. I'm a psycho boy. I am at a, another level physically and mentally and spiritually, but important physically. And then uh, I think everyone's going to see how jacked and chiseled and uh, a throwback to the demigods of the past that I will look like tomorrow at Ring of Honor 19 when I walk to that ring and I challenge Jay Briscoe to see if honor's real. I'm, I'm shredded. Like, I'm, I'm insane about it. So, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people in the industry are trying to copy me. So that's cool. Guess what? I'll have an app available soon called Project Narrative. You can uh, get my workouts and nutrition from that. Yeah, I'm selling too. The narrative needs its work just funded. So, let me ask you a question: with with the condition that you're in right now, and obviously you look phenomenal. Is that a seven day a week job for you, or is it a six yeah. day a week with one cheat day? Uh, there will be an occasional cheat meal, but I do not starve myself. I've been able to use mass quantities of food to fuel what I'm doing and become even leaner. So fortunately I've had a great tutelage under a coach at cement factory on Instagram. His name's AJ Sims, but uh, I don't starve. I am micromanaged and very careful with what I eat, but like leg day. Yeah. I'm having six or seven rolls of sushi at night and that's sweet. So, so if you have a cheat meal, how often is that cheat meal? And what is that cheat meal? I would say on a weekly basis, there's going to be a giant sushi dinner and then maybe a second higher carb fun meal. But then maybe once every three weeks, four weeks, I'm going all out burger fries, you know, really replenishing the glycogen, so to speak. Gotcha. How many <laughs> meals a day? Sorry. Uh, five or six. Okay. It's, it's, it's always the same too, but like, I mean, it's my job. I know it's boring, but it's my life. <laughs>
Uh, how are you enjoying your time right now in Ring of Honor? You talked about the word happiness. How are they treating you? How is? Yeah. Uh, I, I keep hearing about the Ring of Honor bubble. They're being very careful during COVID. Um, I like the production of the show, with, yes. even without fans. I think Ring of Honor is doing a fantastic job with their production. Can you talk about it a little bit more? Yeah, I think Ring of Honor, since I came there and uh, since the pandemic struck and kind of their relaunch has really taken advantage fully of everything. They take great care of us. I mean, I did contract a virus and then they still took care of me through it. So another reason why I decided to stick around, but also because I definitely want to have this fight with Jay. Um, To me, the product's been beyond tolerable. And like when I watch the current products, it's the one that's consistently tolerable and in my vision of wrestling, I guess. Uh, Precautions out the wazoo, so almost to an overbearing extent, but I respect that. They take care of us. They've been great to me. Each and every time I go there, I mean, one of my main reasons for sticking around was they provided me freedom, and uh, they know a free EC3 is a very valuable EC3 and a very dangerous EC3. So with that freedom, every time I go there, I have a blank canvas. They just tell me the picture they want to see. And then I have the paint, I have the palette, I have the brush. I get the paint and it's excellent. That make that That is purpose for me, being able to creatively express myself how I see fit. The freedom to act, the freedom to think, the freedom to feel. Most importantly, the freedom to speak. Is that what you mean by control your narrative? I see the T-shirt. It's available on ProWrestlingTees.com. Is it that you're free? No, no. Uh, Peter, yes, it is on ProWrestlingTees.com because it's a monopoly in corporate wrestling. We're also fixated on corporate wrestlings and three-letter brands. No, you want this shirt hand-printed by me? You go to www.freethenarrative.com, merchandise, or www.freeec3.com. I hand-print them out of Florida. So... Don't go for the knockoff that I put there just so people didn't steal my design. But control your narrative. Yes, that's a shirt I'm wearing. Control your narrative is the ability to tell your story. And for a few years, I was unable to tell my story. So that's kind of how the phrase was brought out. And I've noticed it kind of resonates with a lot of people. So it's worked out. Uh, I've, I've noticed on social media, I've seen you in pictures with friends, uh, um, you know, like Rockstar Spud and Braun Strowman. Uh, I would assume these are your boys, right? I got a lot of acquaintances, you could say, yes. Okay, acquaintances in the business. <laughs> of all, of all sizes and shapes. Yep, yep, absolutely. When you're around these acquaintances, do you guys find yourself talking about wrestling and the state of the wrestling business? And what are the conversations normally like if you do talk wrestling? Uh <clears throat> I'm surrounded by so many people within the industry and then so many people tried to get into my my narrative, my circle, my little cement factory, my dump. All these infiltrators tried to get in there, but a lot of time the talk is of the business. And I think uh, it's a unanimous feeling that uh, the business can do more. We can tell better stories. We can be more realistic to the true people that we are. We can go back to a time where maybe it's uh it looks like two men fighting and not two men dancing so to speak so uh at ring of honor 19 what i can guarantee is that my fight with jay briscoe it will be different my fight with jay briscoe will tell a story and my fight with jay briscoe will be two men that got into a fight because that is what we are going to do so who who, ec3 I know the level of physicality Jay Briscoe brings in a full match. Who's the most physical person that you've ever been in the ring with that you say that you would think it could prepare you for a level of physicality that a Briscoe would bring? That's a really easy answer. His name is Bully Ray, and I'm talking to him. <laughs> okay, I, I wasn't trying to set that up. Okay, so so no, you, te- you consider? We a Texas, yeah, we had a Texas death match in Texas. I oh. lost. Who booked that shit? <laughs> my, <laughs> and nobody died. Aunt, Damn it. Aunt. No, that's right. Your aunt had a trend. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> no, I mean, but, uh, really, that, that run in TNA with working with you and uh, Sting and then getting all the way to Kurt Angle, I think, is what prepared me. When I 
fought Kurt Angle, I was German suplexed 17 times. So if you can handle that and win, I can handle anything. Yeah, I think I think Kurt is a good example because Kurt's body and his the way uh, just his musculature and like that energy and force that he hits you with, I would say that that's very similar to to a Jay Briscoe, and that's kind of what I was going for more of a Kurt Angle than a Bully Ray because yeah. Bully's a freaking jobber. If you've wow. been punched by Kurt Angle, you know pain. Yes. <laughs> you know? I've been I've been too busy on freeec3.com to be honest with you. So I already got my Great, control right? your narrative T-shirt check, off of freeec3.com. Check out, yeah, out freethenarrative.com. It is my new website, my indoctrination website for everyone to learn to control your narrative. Uh, join the email list, and I'm actually going to do something very interesting off www.freethenarrative.com. Something never done before in this industry. Something completely free, uh, self-produced, self-financed, self-created. Uh, I am controlling the narrative. Uh, when you want to see change, you can either talk about it or you can act on it. So that's something that will come very soon. Uh, right now we have the narrative briefs available on there, which is uh, four little short segments I put together. Content creation, one is a cinematic fight, I like to call it, where I was a bloodbath. And then, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting way to do different things. And that's another thing with Ring of Honors. They know me producing outside of their own bubble, so to speak, will bring more attention to them. And together we can grow our business. Well, uh, you talk about coming soon. What's coming soon is Friday night. Again, tomorrow night on Fight TV and pay-per-view. The 19th anniversary show for Ring of Honor and our guest EC3 going up against Jay Briscoe in a grudge match as one of the main events. EC3, thank you yeah. so much for the time. Really looking forward to watching this match tomorrow night. Yeah, tell me what you think. And then uh, do you feel that it's a grudge, though? Do we really have a grudge? It's billed as a grudge match, but I'm going to give him something he does not even expect. So tune in, Ring of Honor 19th anniversary tomorrow night. We're going to tell you a story. Good luck, man. Knock him dead. Oh, I plan on. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.